Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Good. You sure? Yes. How goes the battle? It's Jim prayed about that, that we got to get out of here and fight the battle, fight the fight, huh? We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, first of all, just a little bit of review. We talked last time about fleeing. You know, we have a three-part three uh, series that we're doing, flee, follow, and fight. And uh, this idea of fleeing, you know, that there's a time to run. And I, lo- I really like that definition that I read, seek safety by flight. Sometimes the safest thing to do is get. Get. That's G-I-T. Sometimes that's the very safest thing to do, and, and that's what we need to do is, is really run for our lives. And, and <clears throat> some of you maybe are here today and you're, you're thinking about that. You want to run out of here right now. This is weird. I don't know what, what this guy is going to talk about today. And, and uh, I'm afraid of those ushers. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> what are they going to do when they meet together? Talk about how to, <laughs> how to deal with crowds? <laughs> but Alex is going to meet with you guys, and I, I think it'll be great because Alex is a good guy. The second thing uh, in, in our thing we talked about last, our series that we talked about last week was to follow. And, and really, you know, we, there's certain times we have to run, but there's certain things that we need to follow after. And he gives a whole list of things there. But really, it's really summed up in seeking and pursuing after God. And as we seek after him, seek first his righteousness the kingdom of God, his kingdom, and his righteousness in our lives. And he adds all these different things that we found here in in the passage uh, in 1 Timothy 6. But to seek after him, to have a heart after God. You know, I I don't think we can uh, underestimate. I like what Chris had to say, and he talked about that this morning. uh, Or actually, it was Patrick in his opening uh, passage about, uh, you know, for us to be seeking after God. But the fact that he seeks after us, and he's actually better at it than we are, that he's always right there, but, but we have to reach out for him. And as we seek after him, the Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. And so as we reach out, as we seek him, as we uh, seek to, to have a relationship with him, he responds to us. Seek after God himself, and no matter what others do, it's a, chase that, a choice that we all make. A choice to seek after God, that he has got a place in our lives and in our hearts. Amen? Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. And uh, <laughs> I got a... Oh, there's Mrs. Kinneman. Hi, Mrs. Kinneman. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to relax a little bit here. I need a drink of water. Let's open our Bibles. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. We're going to pick it up. Where we left off last time, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Today I want to talk about the fight. There's a time to fight, there's a time for battle, and really what we're called to do is to Fight the good fight of the faith, and that's what we're going to look at today in verse 12. The first part is actually what we're going to talk about today. He says, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. 
Not just a fight, but it's a good fight and it's of the faith. Those are important things to remember. I want to be able to, for us to remember that, that in this life, we're fighting a good fight of the faith. So let me ask you, are you guys up for the fight? Are you up for the fight? Are you up for the battle? Do you have your gloves ready? Are they hanging in the closet? Are you up for the fight? There's a battle going on, you know. Some people, I've noticed this in, in, uh, in life, some people love to fight. How many of you love to fight? A couple of you. You just love to fight. You love a good conflict. You love a good argument. And then a lot of us, you know, we try to avoid conflict. Right? Any of you like that? Avoid conflict at all costs because I don't want to get into it. But the Bible talks about it here in this verse and so many other places that there is a battle going on. The word for fight in this verse and in many other verses is the word agonizomai or agonizomai, which is where we get our word what? Agonize, right? Where it's, it's not just a simple, you know, sparring, but it's an actual agonizing battle that we face. It means to struggle. It means to contend with adversaries. It means to put up a fight. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy here, and I believe that God is telling each one of us too, is that we need to fight the good fight. We need to put up a fight. Now, like I said, there are times when we need to run and get out of there, but that really, in my mind, that's part of the fight. Know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? I heard that somewhere. I could sing that for you probably, but that would be bad. I'm not advocating card gambling, okay, just, just so you know that. But there's a time to fight and there's a time and part of fighting is getting out of there. But, but to put up a fight. To put up a fight. To actually struggle and contend with the adversaries that we face in this life. Warren Wearsby, the, the pastor and commentator, he says this, it described a person straining and giving his best to win the prize or win the battle. Straining and giving his best. Are, are you, does that describe you and I? Are we straining to fight the good fight of the faith? Are we just like really, you know, apathetic? We're not really involved. We're not really doing much of anything. Are we, in the, are we in the battle? Do we have our gloves out and we're ready to, to go for what we need to go for? It's a question that I think we should ask ourselves. Or maybe, let me ask you this question. Did you think it was going to be a walk in the park? How many of you thought that? You were told that if you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you became a believer, a follower of Jesus, that your life was going to be easy street. Any of you, any of you ever kind of had that impression maybe? Or felt that, that you were kind of told that or maybe led to believe that? And then you found out different, right? That... that that life isn't really, it isn't a playground, is it? The, the spiritual life, it's a battleground. 
It is a battleground, not a playground. Sometimes I wish it were more of a playground. Uh, but, but God gives us, I, I believe too, and I was talking with Dan about this earlier, God gives us those breaks, right, where it's not battle 24-7, you know. But there are times when we're just in the thick of it and we need to be fighting, but there are other times when he gives us a break, you know. This week has been fairly quiet for me, and I go, that doesn't, I'm not sure what this means. Because I'm going to teach about battle, maybe it's kind of a, uh, you know, the enemy and, and the, the battles kind of backed off so I wouldn't have anything to say about being in battles, right? Does that make sense? I don't know, but, but I've been in enough battles to know that they're very real and they're very much a part of our lives and, our, and of our Christian lives. I read this quote from D.L. Moody, who was a, a very famous evangelist, preacher uh, in the last century, And he said this, when I was converted, I made this mistake. I thought the battle was already mine, the victory already won, and the crown already in my grasp. I thought the old things had passed away, that all things had become new, and that my old corrupt nature, the old life, was gone. He said, but I found out after serving Christ for a few months that conversion was only like enlisting in the army, that there was a battle on hand. We're just getting started, right? When you give your life to Christ, you're just getting started. You're just putting, putting on the uniform. I'm going to be a good soldier. Paul talks about that analogy in another place. That we're soldiers. We're to be soldiers for Christ. And there is a battle that's going on. But, but notice here in this verse that, that Paul says it's a good fight. And it's a fight of the faith, not just fighting for the sake of fighting, but it's a fighting of the faith, fighting for the faith, fighting with faith. All these aspects of our trust in in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that that brings us to the battlefield to fight the good fight of the faith. I want to encourage you today, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting till the very end, till the last bell rings. Now, there are really three battlefronts that we face. Do you know what they are? There are probably more, but but these three for sure, the world, the flesh, and the devil, we have different battlefronts that we face. Now, uh, it's hard enough to have a battle on one front, isn't it? You know when you got stuff, a lot of stuff going on all at once and you say, I, I wish I could just focus in on this one thing and I'd fight that battle really good. But, but we got battles all over the place, don't we? Let's, let's be realistic here about what life is really like and understand that this is part of what we signed up for. This is part of who we are. This is part of the life as a believer, that we enlisted in the army, the army of God, and we're soldiers for him. So let's look at these three. I think I'm only going to get to the first two today, and we'll, we'll talk about the third one next time. But the, the first one here is the world, this world system that we live in. And, and, and when you, when, you, when you hear the word world, it's not talking about the planet itself. We're not fighting against the planet. planet. We're fighting the world. He's talking about the world system, this kind of corrupt 
system that men have kind of devised and put together that actually has some, some demonic influence in as well. That it's, that it's a corrupt system, that it's polluted, that's full of sin. This is the kind of world system that we live in. And I'm not here to say that everything is bad in the world. But we have to know that, that there, is a bat, there is a difference, there is a battle that takes place between us and this system around us. Look what it says in 1 John 2, verse 16 on the screen. It says, for everything in the world, this world system, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father but from the world. Those things, these are part of the, the things that make up this world system as, as we are looking at this word world that we're, that we're in a battle with, that we have to contend with, we have to put up a struggle, we have to put up a fight with. I really, uh, I thought of what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, he says, don't be conformed to what? To the world. Don't be conformed. Don't let, one translator says, don't let the world push you into its mold. We can very easily just get pulled along with the crowd. We can very easily just be along with everybody and like everybody else in the world. But is that what we're supposed to do? Don't be conformed to the world, but what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're called to be transformed, not conformed, where, we're, where the world is kind of squeezing us, pushing us into its mold. But we're being transformed. We're being changed from the inside out. Transformed, not conformed. Peter says it here in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says that we are strangers in the world. You ever feel like that? I went too far? How'd that happen? Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect strangers in the world. You ever feel like a stranger? You know, it hasn't been so bad in our country uh, for the most part uh, in the history of our country, but you know what? Things are changing. Have you noticed? Things are changing. To be a believer, to be a Christian... You feel like the odd man out. Jesus said in John chapter 17, he says, they are not of the world, speaking of believers, speaking of his followers, he says, they are not of the world even as I am not of it. So in another verse in that chapter, he says, you know, that, that we would be in the world, but not of the world. See, there's something about this idea that, that again, this fighting of the, the good fight of the faith is that, that we, we have to understand who we are. That we're, we're, we're strangers here. This world is not our home. Our citizenship is where? In heaven. And, and so we, we have to understand, but God has not chosen to take us out of the world, but that we would be here in the world, but we would not be of the world, but we're here, we're here in it. To be lights in the world. To shine a light. To be different. So it's okay to be strange. You know, they used to make fun of that word Jesus freak. Remember that? Some of you remember that. Some of you have been around a while. You know what? That's okay to be called a Jesus freak. I think that's a badge of honor. 
If they call you a Jesus freak, that means there's something about you and Jesus. Now, I know you can be obnoxious. I can be obnoxious. And, and uh, if they start calling you obnoxious Jesus freak, well, then maybe you need to, you know, kind of adjust your uh, methods a little bit. You know, not writing all over their desk and, you know, magic marker, you know, Jesus loves you and, and uh, you know, interleafing tracks in the... the Paper towels in the bathroom and other areas, you know, these kinds of things. Maybe, maybe not. But there are certain things I think we, we need to know that we're different. That we're different. We're strangers in the world. That we're not of the world, but we are called to be in the world. In John chapter 15, that verse that I went to earlier already, he said, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. This is Jesus speaking. And if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. You do not belong to the world. You belong to God. I belong to God. I'm His. And, and because I'm his, it, 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 there's, a, you know, there's a disconnect between me and the world around me. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't function as functioning members of society. We do what we need to do. We, we work. We go about our business. We do the very best we can. But understanding that there is a battle going on and that, that the ways of this world, the philosophies of this world, are not necessarily the ways and the philosophies of what the Bible teaches, what God has called us to be and do. Does that make sense to you? Are you feeling strange yet? Not yet? Or do you always feel strange? I want you to turn with me to, to, uh, to the back of the Bible there a little bit. James chapter uh, 4. We're going to look at some verses back there about this, James chapter 4 and verse 4. And then we'll look at Peter, and then we'll talk about, uh, we'll look at First John as well. James, Peter, John. James chapter 4, verse 4, he says, uh, and James, it's kind of hard-hitting. He was kind of challenging the people he was writing to when he wrote this um, letter he says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Wow, that's kind of strong, isn't it? Friendship with the world. I think for you and I to think, you know, is it, is, are we like totally hooked in? Are we caught up in the whole world system and, and where it's all at and, 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 what, and what its values are? Or are we, do we know that we're just a little bit, we're different. We're like a, we're not, we're not on the same wavelength. 
He's saying here, in, in a way, the way James talks throughout his letters, you need to get with it. And like, if if you are 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 uh, making friends with the world, and you're so you're more at home with the world than you are with the Lord, then there's something wrong. And he he says you're actually adulterous, because he talks about later the fact that God envies this relationship, and and for us to be friends with the world is is committing adultery against our relationship with God. That's pretty strong, but, but I think it's something that we need to hear and think about. Are we more at home in the world than we are in the church? And I don't necessarily mean just here in the church. It's a good question, huh? Something to think about. Turn to the uh, two books ahead to 2 Peter chapter 1. So we have James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, and Peter now, who was one of the uh, disciples and really one of the closest circle of Jesus' friends of the twelve. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, the promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption, where? In the world, caused by evil desires. Say, well, you know, I, I, can't, there's, I can't get out of this whole world thing. I can't, I can't pull myself out of it. Well, you don't have to pull yourself out of it because he gives us the power that we need to live differently. He, he gives it to us. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need. We can't say, God, I can't do this. Well, we can say that, and we probably should say that. But when we say, I can't do this, he says, yeah, I know that. Well, here's what you need. You need... You need, you need my power in your life. You need what I can give you, the strength that I can give you to fight the fight, the good fight of the faith. To deal with connections with the world, being in the world and not of the world. Because if we're in the world and of the world, we probably don't belong to him. But he says he's given us these promises. He's given us the power. Through our knowledge of Him, through knowing Him. Again, through our relationship with Him, that I know Him and He knows me. And we, we get to know each other to escape the corruption in the world. How about uh, the next book ahead, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And verses 4 and 5. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. John the Apostle, he says this, For everyone born of God overcomes what? The world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How can you have victory? How can I have victory over the world, over the system around us, to be, to be those people of God that we're called to be? Only, he says, 
two things. Number one, through being born again, born of God, born again, and through our faith. Through our trusting and holding on to Him, having a walk with Him, a relationship with Him. But first of all, we need to be born of God. There's the, that word of be, to be born again. And Jesus talked about it in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus. He said, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So you and I need to be born again. That sounds pretty basic. Yeah, it is. Because we all need to be reminded that we began this faith, we began this walk by giving our lives to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I, I, I am lost. I need you. I want you in my life. I want a new life. I'm tired of the stuff that, that I've been involved in. I'm tired of the trap that I've been in. I'm tired of the, the stuff that, that has chained me. And I want to live a new life. And that's when, we, that's when we surrender to him and God gives us a brand new life. That we're born again. To overcome the world. This is what the victory that's overcome the world, world even our faith. He who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So we fight this fight. We fight this world system that's around us. And that's not easy sometimes, is it? Sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, and it's not always so blaring or glaring. Sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes battles are like that. They come in kind of subtly. Well, it's okay if you kind of, you know, get involved in that. It's okay if you watch that. It's okay if you look at that stuff over there. It's not so bad. It's okay if you, you know, get involved in, in that or whatever. I remember I was working in a factory in Connecticut, and uh, I'd have lunch with this group of guys every day. And, uh, you know, we'd sit down and eat, and like as soon as everybody finished eating, uh, some of these guys, they would just start to go off on telling stories and telling jokes that were just like off color, right? And, you know, I said, you know, I can't just sit here and listen to this. So, you know, I would just excuse myself. And uh, it wasn't too long that I, you know, that I would excuse myself where they would say, oh, there he goes. Or they'd start in something and say, then they'd say, it's time for you to go now. They recognized it, right? It's time for you to go now. And I wasn't embarrassed that I was going to leave. I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't want to subject myself. See, sometimes we, you know, we want to be polite, and I'm just going to listen. I'm, you know, I don't want to be impolite and offend anybody. But the truth is, is what what's going on is offensive, right? And so we don't want to offend them, but they're being offensive to us. They're offending us. They're offending our faith. They're offending our sensibilities and our and and who we are in Christ. So there comes a time when you say, you know what, I, I have to either leave. I had a boss at that same, uh, at a company in San Diego where, where he would just use the Lord's name in vain. Like over and over and over again. I had to work with him. I couldn't like leave every time he wanted to talk to me. He's my boss. So I said to him, can you please, and, and you know, he professed to be, you know, a Christian. I said, can you please 
you know, not use the name, you know, like that. It's, it's very, I find it very offensive. Now, I don't think I got any points with him, you know, speaking up for that. But, but you know, there are certain times that when you need to say something and, and, and there are certain times when you just walk away. You know, I don't need to stay here and listen to this because it's offensive. Well, I'm going to offend them. Well, they're, offend, they're being offensive to who we are in Christ. One more, one last thing about this thing about the world is I want to keep this, I want, to, want us all to keep this in mind that Jesus came as the Savior of the world. Right? We all know John 3.16, God so loved what? The world. So, so while, you know, we have to be careful, while we know that the world system is corrupt, it's, it's ugly and sinful and it, it wants to pull us into its whole thing, we have to remember that we're also here representing the Savior of the world who came as a Savior in the world, who came because God loved the world. In John chapter 17, it says that we are sent into the world. Okay, so to be in the world, but not of the world, and not let it control us. It's an important factor. There's a battle, and, and I think we need to open our eyes. I think some of us are walking around, I think we've got our, our heads in the sand like the ostrich. Have anybody ever really seen an ostrich with his head in the sand? Do they do that? No? Well, why do they say they do? It's weird. Okay, like the proverbial ostrich with his head in the sand. <laughs> uh, you know, we're just not aware that there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on. And it, it, there's a system all around us that we need to watch out for, be careful of, and, and realize that we're in a battle. We are in a battle. The second, uh, second area we're going to talk about today is the flesh. We fight a battle. You know, it's bad enough that, you know, the world around us has got a whole different ball game going on. And we've got to, like, you know, watch out, be careful, fight, stand our ground. That's bad enough outside, but he's talking about now. It's a lot closer to home, isn't it? How close is it? right here it's right here i got a battle like with my own body my own flesh my own person that i've got to fight against too that's i saying we got more than one you know battle front we we've got to be careful and fight the world uh, system around us but we've also got this battle within our own weak flesh where Jesus said it in the garden, he was praying and he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Is weak. The spirit, you know, God is, we're born again. Our spirits are made alive. We have a brand new life in us and the spirit is willing, but we still live in these bodies of flesh that are weak, that are uh, you know, as uh, some versions translated, our, our sinful nature is corrupt. That's what Paul said, right? In, in Romans chapter 7, you can read that whole chapter. He talks about this battle that was taking place. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. The actual word is flesh. Flesh. 
says, I know that. There's a, the, I live in a body of flesh, and I've got I to fight against this flesh. I've got to fight this battle. You don't pamper the flesh. You don't give the flesh whatever, it's, whatever it wants. When you're raising you know, young children, you just you give them everything they want. What happens when you do that? Not good. It's not good. It doesn't work out good. He says, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. There's this battle that's taking place. I want to do the right thing, and I don't do it. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but yet I end up doing it. There's this battle that takes place. Any of you ever faced that battle? Some of you? One of you? I see that hand. There's a battle that we take that takes place with our within our own bodies. But but uh, turn back to First Peter. You should be pretty close to there. First Peter chapter two, in verse eleven. What does he? What does Peter say? He says, "Dear friends, I urge you." As aliens and strangers in the world. There's that concept again. We're aliens. Strangers in the world. In this world system. He says to abstain from sinful desires. Which war against your soul. They war against our very selves. The things, these kinds of things that we're talking about here. It's a war, it's a battle, and, and the, the flesh, this battle that we fight against, it's, it's fighting against our very souls. Dear friends, he says, I urge you. Now, keep a, keep a marker in there in 1 Peter, because we're going to come back to those uh, epistles in a minute. But I want you to turn back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 for a moment. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, if you can find that. It says this, uh, Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He said, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. He says, no, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Who was he fighting against? Him, himself, his own body. He says, I've got I've to I've be hard on my own flesh, my own body. I beat my body and make it my slave so that, so that after I preach to others, I tell people about Jesus and then look at me, I'm just completely lost myself. It's part of our witness, one. But there's a battle that takes place. I don't fight like a man beating the air. There's a real battle and, and there's a real goal. 
There's a strict training that takes place, he talks about. He's, he's talking about running in such a way that we get to the finish line. Beating his own body. I beat my body. Make it my slave. Fight the good fight. The last section which we are going to get to next time, as I said, is about the enemy, the enemy of our souls. And, you know, I kind of I, I kind of want, want to spend some time on that because it's a whole big subject. And and not only that, but I think he's involved in a lot of these other areas as well. So you and I are fighting the good fight of the faith. Keep in mind that it is a good fight. Number one. But it's a fight of faith as well. Some translations say the fight of faith. Some say the fight of the faith. Either way, it's about trusting in Him to get through this life as aliens and as strangers. You and I, we're in a battle. It's not a playground. I think the, the more we realize that, that each day we wake up, we're going to put on our, as we're going to talk next time, our armor the armor of God, we're going we're gonna to say, you know what, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight today. I don't know about you, but uh, like I said, a pretty, pretty quiet week this week, but there are some times when the battle gets going fierce, and, and I just feel like, you know what, I've had enough. I'm tired. Any of you ever get like that? I'm tired of fighting. Because we don't like to fight, but, but there are certain things worth fighting for. There are certain things that we need to fight. For. But the truth of the matter is that we don't fight on our own. That God says he'll fight for us and we need to show up. We'll look at that next time as well. That he fights for us, but we need to show up. We can't do it in our own strength, folks. It's just not possible. I can't. I know that you can't either. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and we are, we're here. We're, we made it here today. It might have been a fight, might have been a battle just to get here. Just to get out of bed, just to get out of our house, just to, to, to do what it took to, to show up. And Lord, uh, that you're telling us that we got to keep fighting. We've got to keep up the fight. We realize that we're aliens, we're strangers. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And we have this battle with our own flesh that we need to, to fight against. And then there's the whole demonic realm and the enemy of our souls that we need to fight against as well. God, I pray that you would empower us, that you would strengthen us. We read in in uh, Peter's letter that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. All the promises you've given us that we might escape the corruption in the world, that we might keep on keeping on, following after you. Father, you know each one of us personally, individually, and you know the battles that we face. Father, each one of us has those those battle points 
Each one of us has those areas that we struggle and we need to keep fighting in. Father, strengthen each person here today, I pray, Lord. I pray you'd also open our eyes that we would see. We, we would be able to see. Sometimes we're fighting and there's a battle going on. We're not even aware of it and we're getting taken out. We're taken down because we're not even aware that it's going on. And Father, I pray you give us eyes to see the, battle that's our, the battles that are before us, Lord. Father, I pray as well for any maybe in this room this morning who have never been born again, have never become a believer, a follower of Jesus. And maybe you're ready at this point to say, like we talked earlier, that I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done with this world. I'm done with the life that I've been leading. I want a new life. I want to be born from above. And maybe if that's you this morning, it, it's so simple, it's easy. If you reach out for him, he's right there. We heard it in your word earlier. We reach out for you and you're right there. You're not far from any one of us. So I encourage you as we pray right now to simply open your heart and say, Jesus, please come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I want your strength. I want your love. I want your power and grace and mercy and everything else that you have for me. I want it all, Lord. Father, thank you again for the chance to meet together, Lord. I pray you'd bless each one as we go our way, as we leave this place, Lord, and we, we keep our eyes open as, as good, vigilant soldiers. For we march with your strength and with your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing, shall we?